Welcome, everyone. How are we this morning? So good to see everyone, everyone online, everyone here. So good. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Stephanie. It was great. I got to say, I kind of liked the plexiglass because I could see my reflection and know if I looked okay. So I always checked. (laughs) But I'm going to trust you guys that if something weren't right, you'd tell me, right? That's what real friends do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's, uh, let's pray and then get into the scripture, shall we? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. Well, our scripture today, we have two different ones. So the first one's from Colossians, uh, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our second reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Word of the Lord. So we can quite easily see, especially in the second scripture that I read from Thessalonians, that we're given a certain set of instructions. You know, Paul writes to rejoice always, to have joy and be joyful, even amongst trials and trouble. To pray without ceasing, pray continually in some translations. And these are prayers of thanks and gratitude and and joy and prayer go together side by side. We can't take them apart. And Paul says then, give thanks in all circumstances. You see, this is the model by Jesus. This is the model that Jesus lived out. And then Paul lived out. And then it becomes a command to us as the church. You know, N.T. Wright called this the language of Christian behavior. I quite liked that, so I took it from him, but I'm giving him the credit, so it's okay. The language of Christian behavior. And when I started reading about that, I thought, what does it mean for it to be a language? How many have learned or attempted to learn a second language? Quite a few, most of us, right? A majority of us might have been forced in school, but, you know. And how difficult was it to learn that second language? Really difficult. But our desire for most of us when we do go to learn a second language on our own is to become fluent, correct? The goal is to become fluent so that we can 
converse with people of that language naturally. You know, I, when I started thinking about that in my own journey in, in learning Spanish, because I will never claim to be fluent. You saw Fabian a few weeks ago and how he could just switch back and forth. Yeah, that, that, that'll probably never happen with me. <laughs> Some people have the gift that is his. But it's the same thing with our faith. And when N.T. Wright wrote that the language of Christian behavior is, is this, these verses, that's what they are. So our behavior should eventually be intuitive, should eventually be fluent and natural. You know, like it's, when we learn these languages, we're taught the grammar, the structure. It's not just about vocabulary. And when we're taught those things, when you speak them and try to practice that second language, you constantly have to translate in your head. You constantly have to remind yourself this word means this word. This grammar goes this way. And you have to practice a lot to be fluent, right? A lot in both languages because you're translating from your, your native language to the second language. And you have to practice and know the grammar very, very well. The same thing with this Christian behavior, these instructions that we were given. Verses 16 through 18 in 1 Thessalonians help us to remember how to act, how to be as a Christian. And it's not natural for us to be this way. This isn't something that we're automatically fluent in as soon as we believe or get baptized. It's not like this miraculous thing and we are always joyful and we're always praying and we're always giving thanks. Sorry for those who aren't Christian, but that's not necessarily the way it goes. You see, we actually have to practice these things. We have to constantly remind ourselves to be this way, to think this way. And it's this practice that then allows us to go to fluency, that allows us to become natural in them. Fabian and I like to travel a lot. Haven't been able to in a while, but none of us have, so it's okay. <laughs> but we don't just travel for leisure. We actually travel with the mindset that we need to go somewhere and be changed. We need to go somewhere to not only learn, but also to learn how we can bring the good news of Jesus. We never want to use an opportunity to not try to reveal Jesus to somebody. So when we went to Japan to visit my best friend, and this was back in 2017 now, it was our first time in Japan. It was our first time in, in an Asian country that didn't speak English. Uh, it was a whole new culture for us. Luckily, I had a little bit of insight because my best friend was very open with letting me know some of the insensitivities that might, we might, you know, accidentally inhibit. But we went to Japan, and I'll tell you one thing about the culture. People do not invite you to their homes. 
That's a no-no. You don't do that. That doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean you're not friends. But the home is considered a sacred space. So to be invited into somebody's home, even just a visit, is a very, very big deal when you're there. So we arrive, and we knew this. And Tomo, that's my best friend's name, Tomo, which actually means friend in Japanese. So if you need a word in Japanese, Tomo, easy to remember. Tomo's parents picked us up from the airport, you know, gave us the whole welcome, we went out to eat, this and that, and then took us back to their apartment, which we kind of knew that would happen because we didn't really have anywhere else to stay, and they offered that. And then they did something strange and they left. And we were like, what just happened? Why did they leave their home? And they said, no, we thought you would be more comfortable being here without us. So not only did they allow us to step foot inside their sacred space of their home, they gave it up to us. And I got to tell you, that was one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had that they didn't even know us except through their daughter and then displayed this act of generosity. You know, we spent a week with them, living with them, celebrating with them. We spent New Year's with them, traveled with them. And the whole time, Fabi and I kept talking every night. We would say, how? How do we talk about Jesus with them? Because not only were we in their country, with their culture, their language that we didn't know, but also their generosity. And we didn't want to be disrespectful. It's a very strong honor culture. And we didn't want to be disrespectful. They were Buddhist, by the way, they still are. And we kept saying, how do we bring God up? How do we bring our faith up? How do we not offend? And it was funny because one of these times we were talking together and at the moment that we were we were speaking, my friend Tomo, she says, hey, my mom wants to talk to you guys. And I said, okay. You know, we stopped talking. We're like, I guess we'll figure it out another day. We only had seven of them, and that was probably day number four or five. So we were getting down to the wire here. So we come out into the living room, and, and her mom is there holding uh, this picture, which is going to come up here, the first one. Uh, and I was like, that's beautiful. I have no idea what that says. <laughs> Wonderful. What is that? And then Tomo's translating for us, and she says, no, 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 this is a Bible verse. And she wants to know what it says in English. She's like, because I don't know the Bible. I just know what it says, but I want to know what it says to you guys. And I said, why does she have a Bible verse in her house? <laughs> so where did this come from? And she said, oh, she used to have a neighbor, this 95-year-old woman who was Christian. 
and gave this to her as a gift. And she loves it so much that she hangs it in the house. This is 1 Thessalonians, verses 16 through 18. So then she asked, and Fabian thought it would be a good thank you for letting us stay in their house to actually create it in English. So the next picture you can see Fabian's gifted talent is also calligraphy of some sort. So Fabian did that by hand and did the verse in English because she asked, I would like to have this in English next to it, to have both languages to represent this verse that I really love. This came from a family that did not know Jesus. You know, there are times where we don't know what to say. There are moments where we don't have the answers or the verses that come to mind. And I could stand here today and say to you guys about the scripture, you know, joy, it's an attitude of people of God that's adopted because of happy, not because of happiness or circumstances, but because of their hope in God. I could say that. I could say that joy is a gift of God's spirit in the presence of Jesus. I could say that it's not about sorrowness or sadness. I could talk about peace. You guys have heard me talk about joy and peace. This is not new for me. <laughs> I could say, oh, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's, it's participating in the life of, of Jesus who reconciled all things in heaven and earth, making peace through the blood of his cross. But then how would I say the same thing? How would I preach the same verses to someone who was abused their whole life? To someone who's in a a war-torn country trying to flee for their life. To, to our indigenous neighbors who have found their children's bones and who are mourning, who have had their identities stolen. How do I say, give thanks in all circumstances and rejoice because our hope is in God how do I say that to people who don't know who God is? You know, this was a huge thing for me this week, and I kept thinking about that. So that's why I'm also asking you guys the same question, because it's not easy. And there are moments when we don't know what to say. So today, quite simply, I'm just here to say that when there are these moments, when there are times where there are no Bible verses to make it better, where you don't want to offend, when you don't know what to say, when there's nothing coming to mind and there's nothing that will make it better, know that God is already at work in that place, in that moment, and in those hearts. You see, if we understand the language of Christian behavior and live like Jesus, and that is with humility and love and joy and peace, 
then we will recognize God's presence in those moments. Speaking with someone who doesn't speak our language inhibits us from using words. I want us to remember that because words won't always get across to people who don't know Jesus. Gestures and acts and sometimes just your presence will. We cannot go to someone who doesn't know the language of Christ with words. If they don't speak that second language, if that is not in their repertoire, But gestures and what we do and how we live communicates the message of Jesus. This is how we connect. You see, God is working even before we open our mouths. God is present even before we arrive. Sometimes we think that it's us bringing the presence of God. Oh, man, I've learned many, many a time. God is already there. And it humbles me to realize that I thought differently. So today, if we remember anything, I want us to remember that God is at work wherever and whenever we go. He's at work in the hearts, the minds, the places, the circumstances, everywhere. I want to read 1 Thessalonians again. And like we said at the, at the beginning of the service, the month of July, we're having shorter services just to ease back into this transition, this change. Even though it's exciting, it's still a big change for everyone. So I want to read this verse again. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Maybe we wish it would have read some circumstances. Not all. But this will of God in the scripture represents growing maturity in our faith journey. Are we willing to keep growing, to keep learning, to keep listening? Are we willing to represent Jesus with more than just words in our head knowledge? I've had a lot of people say to me over the years, you know, I like the teachings of Christians. I like what the Bible says, but I don't particularly like Christians. I'm sure we've heard that before. They don't like how Christians act, but they like the way that Jesus lived. And they believe that that's something they can also follow. So let us keep learning the language of Christian behavior, learning until it becomes intuitive and natural and fluent, until it's no effort at all to do these things, 
like being joyful and praying always and giving thanks in all circumstances. Let us continue learning this until we feel like we're already doing it. It's second nature to us. God's peace that is restorative takes serious prayer and effort. I'm not, I'm not lying to you guys. This is not an easy task. It's such a simple verse. Well, three verses, but they're very tiny. It's such a simple scripture, and yet it is so difficult. So difficult. So let's not forget the prayer part. We certainly need prayer in our lives. We need God's intervention. We need the transformation of Jesus. And remember, God is already at work. When you meet someone or when you go somewhere, God's there. Just let God's presence fill you and guide you, and remember the characteristics of these instructions, the language of Christian behavior, as N.T. Wright said. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word, your word that gives us instruction on how to live and be and how to reach those who, who haven't heard of you yet, Lord, who haven't felt your love yet, who doesn't know your son Jesus yet, Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful. We give thanks to you, God. Today is such a wonderful day, but all days, no matter our, our immediate circumstances, Lord, we give thanks to you, Lord. Be with us and guide us as we learn what these verses mean for us. Teach us your language. Help us to become fluent in your love. To feel your peace. And to rejoice all moments, all minutes, and every day of our lives. We thank you. We praise your name. Amen.